I am afraid of volcanoes. Volcanoes! <laughs> and for some reason, I seem to always go on holiday to places that there are volcanoes. Legit fear. Yeah, yeah. I think like, my fear is of, of being burnt alive <laughs> really painfully, <laughs> being one of those people with Pompeii like curled in a ball. So I don't think it's an irrational fear, it's a sensible fear. <laughs> I mean, if that happened, it wouldn't be the worst thing if it happened while Paul was going on, because if then archaeologists 200 yeah. years later dug you up in like an Aisha or yeah. something, they'd be like, what? <laughs> They'll be like, that back leg's not straight. The toes <laughs> Welcome to Pole the Other One. I'm your host, Shandoxy. Unlike the first time your hands come off the pole and you hang on with the power of your thighs alone, this episode is a gripping experience. I'm talking to Australian pole dancer, actor, circus and cabaret artist Kelly V about fear. How to convince your body to make impossible shapes in the air and silence your inner critic with the voices of much louder friends. This is such a fun chat. I am a friend and a fan. If you enjoy this episode and would like to help me keep making them, you can support the podcast on Patreon by going to patreon.com shandoxy. You can also give us a shout out on social media or drop a one-off tip in my virtual tip jar. For now, here's Kelly. Enjoy the show. It's so cool to have you on the show because you are a woman of many talents. You have done the whole mix of cabaret, showgirl stuff, drama school, comedy, circus training, aerial, everything. How in all of this did you get to being a pole dancer? Um, so when I was at drama school, my like main thing was movement. So, you know, rolling around, touching the walls, all that jazz. <laughs> um, and then I finished and... A friend was like, hey, I think we should go to this place like National Institute of Circus Art, see what it's all about. So I started training there. So I was already sort of used to being like up in the air, doing things. Um, And then my best friend's big sister was working on reception at a pole dance studio. And she was like, you guys should come and try it. And I'd like had it in my mind. I wanted to try it. But I went to drama school in this like very far away place that there wasn't the option to go to pole. Um, uh-huh. And yeah, so I went, did one class, uh, loved it so much and didn't stop. Did you already have like the transferable skills from other like acting movement stuff? Yeah, I think I did a little bit. Like I found it, I feel like I took to it quite quickly to some extent although I see sometimes now like some people post like four years into pole dancing I just wanted to share my journey with you and I'm like screw you (laughs) 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 um so yeah I think I was like kind of 
have some understanding of it. I did have a little bit of some of the like transferable strengths, but um, mm. yeah, there's also, but also like you don't have to have that. <laughs> that was just me. Yeah. Also the performer confidence. Yeah, like for sure. Yeah. And like, it was never, like I was always keen to put stuff together and perform it as compared to some people would rather die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> it really surprises me but I guess this is just my crazy extrovert bias how many people like to pole dance for no one it yeah, blows my mind yeah yeah <laughs> to satisfy my curiosity really you did three years of drama school and then you went on to train at circus school yeah. both of which sound very mentally physically emotionally demanding <laughs> what are those places like on the inside um so I think Anything you've ever heard about drama school is probably true. (laughs) (laughs) um, I think if you do three years of training at drama school, then like nothing in life can shake you because you've already been like destroyed and built back up. Mm. Um, And I did love it, but it was like pretty full on. The level of psychological annihilation (laughs) it seems to bring about just totally baffles people. Yeah. So then I think when I went to circus school, I found, I think like the discipline was there already. They were kind of like, they audition you and they interview and they say like, are you ready? Are you sure you're like prepared for you to ready? And I was like, yeah, I'm like, oh, so you're not worried. <laughs> like I'm fine. But then obviously definitely like the physical side of it is a whole nother world. And I think like in the audition, there's like certain minimums, like you have to hold a handstand for like a minimum of 30 seconds. You have to, there's a certain amount of like drills and push-ups and stuff you have to be able to do. And people were doing like all kinds of crazy shit. And then the guy who um, was auditioning us, he's also like the head of Cirque du Soleil Australia. So I was already like pretty freaked out. He's like, oh, oh. and like everyone's already done like eight backflips. And he was like, cool. So any other skills you'd like to share? And he looked at me and I'm sorry, this is not good for um, an audio format, but like I can do this thing where I like flick my little finger. <laughs> and so like I did that. And I think luckily he was like, big lols she can't backflip but she's can do like she she can win an audience or something so it took me so within circus school were you training as an acrobat like did you have to choose a preference from the offset so I started doing tumbling and you're like acrobat style um Mm. because that's sort of what I'd done more of we'd done a little bit at drama school like very very basic like learning to headstand learning to roll forwards um (laughs) all this sort of stuff um and so I started doing that and I liked it and I really liked acro balance which is where you have like two or more people and you're like making shapes together and throwing people up in the air and stuff um but there are a few things part of the reason I didn't keep doing acro balance is you can be like a base or a flyer. So if you're a base, mm. traditionally, you're like a big, strong guy. Um, like, I don't know if anyone watches Chia. <laughs> like the big, strong guys who like throw them up. Um, and then you have the flyer who is maximum 60 kg. And that is like already too heavy. <laughs> wow. Um, so I remember like I was training once with this Russian guy and he'd been lifting my friends. And then he lifted me and he was like, oh. Yeah, so heavy. And I was like, <laughs> so fine. Like, I know, like, in this circumstance, that is fine. But, like, don't go around telling other girls that. Like, they're going to get really upset. Yeah. Um, so my choice, because of my body, would have been to be, like, the middle. And that is 
like a very high level of tricks that I was not really <laughs> doing yet. Um, and then with tumbling, I it was like training hard, but every time like I would get the same note, which is like, oh, not enough power. Um, and basically I was just too wussy <laughs> to like commit to it. So like if someone was just literally standing there with their arm, I could do a backflip. But as soon as they were gone, I like was like, oh, I don't want to. Um, so, I mean, that's very conveniently to do with fear, which is just coincidental. <laughs> um, but yeah, then, so I'd sort of seen people doing the aerials and I was like, oh, like, I think I'll try that. And I actually sort of had in my mind, oh, that's going to be harder than what I'm doing, which is why I hadn't tried it. And then I tried it and I kind of, once again, naturally felt a bit more suited to it. And also like realized you can like go up in the hoop and you can have a little rest. <laughs> I mean, it seems so counterintuitive to hear that, like, the jumping into things was too scary. So, yeah, sure. Yeah, I was going to be in the air. Yeah. With the note they gave you about the tumbling and yeah. the kind of power thing, have you ever overcome that block, like that fear? It'd be good to say, yeah, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, what I did is I just stopped doing it. <laughs> Very occasionally see, like they're all back in Australia, but every so often I see, like I can just see this guy's face, he'd be like, more power, more power, more power. Like, every time. <laughs> it's a really random thing, but like if if you are in one of those, like the base and the flyer relationships, yeah. are you stuck with that person for the rest of your career? It's not like stuck, but I think people definitely tend that you find someone if you like have a good base like the other thing is I could have been a base and I I love it when you see like a girl basing it's sick mm. um but I sort of almost didn't trust myself as a base so then I'm like how's anyone gonna trust me I hold them if I don't trust myself um so like if you so I had this one base Kevin who's like oh my god such a babe I would like he can throw me in the air and I feel completely completely confident when I come back down he's going to be in the right position to grab me again um and so yeah it is also very sometimes you would train with if you're training with people for the new first time it's like quite acceptable to say as a flyer like oh no I don't want you to base me and Mm. people don't kind of get too up in their head about it they understand that like you know who you work with blah 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 so but yeah not to say you can't then start training with someone else but yeah you tend to usually find Mm. someone that's like also emotionally works with you as well because you don't want someone that hates you down on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so coming back to pole, what is the part of pole dancing that you enjoy the most and which is the most challenging? So I think they are like the same thing. It's really, Mm. really hard and I like that it's really, really hard, which is sort of counter counter opposite what I was saying before. But um. Like I like doing something that's really physically demanding Um, and I like that you can't, most things, you can't just do them once and then you can do it. You have to like Mm. try it one way, try it the other way, think about something different and then even once you have done it once, there's always something more you can improve on and then even Mm. after that then it's like, okay, cool, so you're doing that shape using your hand. Now like do it with your elbow, with your other foot behind your ear like so there's always a progression onwards which is yeah what I like what is the most nerve-wracking thing you've ever tried to do on a pole 
I think performing on the X stage, which some people uh-huh. will just a chill at. I watched someone the other day do like a really long, great routine on it. It was like amazing. It was like, but every time it, so if, if people don't know, the X stage is like a freestanding pole that's not connected mm. to the roof and it can like move a bit. <laughs> and I was watching this performance and like every time it lifted, even though I know it's fine, they can do that. I was like in my heart, like... <laughs> going going to a funeral um so (laughs) yeah for me performing on the x stage is quite nerve-wracking and like doing tricks that I normally would just feel super chill as soon as you feel like a bit of movement you're not used to (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a legit fear that anyone can understand of if the pole starts to wobble that would be anxiety inducing (laughs) on a basic level of the things that you do in like the aerial world the performance world and in pole how do you psych yourself up if you're trying something that's incredibly new or scary or just dangerous so I think because I because as a teacher as well I'm like very I'm very strict I won't let people do something that's kind of too many steps ahead so mm. I'll, I'll pedal it back and say they want to do this shape okay well you have to show me this shape very confidently first and then we can move on to that. And I'm sort of the same with myself. I won't do anything that I know I'm not prepared for. And I have like a few training buddies that I'll work with and I get them to spot me for stuff. Mm. Um, and how do I prepare? I just tell myself I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of have the opposite of how we were saying earlier, like, you have these like negative voices saying your shit. I then also have like a few people, <laughs> more than a few, <laughs> who have like worked with me. And I've been, I remember like the first time I started to do really, really big silk straps, my mm. trainer would be like, okay, three, two, one. <laughs> Kelly, why are you seeming, you seem to still be in the same position. Like, why haven't you let go? And like, it took a really long time for me to like go for it. Uh, so sometimes if I am like, in a preparation shape ready to do a flip off or something I like I'll hear her in my voice in my Mm. brain and be like okay okay you can do it you're not gonna die it's gonna be okay (laughs) oh but that's that's amazing that's such a useful thing for people to hear who just have the negative self-talk on like loud of if you can't do it yourself literally have people around you who are doing it for you yeah Yeah. wow stereo (laughs) (laughs) and yeah hopefully I am that voice for some people like quite often I'll like there's definitely times where like you're spotting someone for something and you can see they're about to like stop and you'd be like no like you can definitely do it you can definitely do it like or like I quite I'll often be like guys I've never once seen someone die doing this (laughs) (laughs) do you ever get stage fright I don't think so so stage do you think is stage fright like you want to run away and not go on is that what what we reckon I mean so um my worst experience of stage fright was when I was just starting comedy at uni and I was doing stuff that makes me cringe so hard now but I had a ukulele and I was doing little songs like every white girl (laughs) and um I don't know what happened but I it was like a small gig maybe what 30 people and I had something I mean I think it was probably a bit underprepared which didn't help but um I don't know why but like just two or three chords in I just had such a, a like 
an episode of panic that I actually forgot how to play my musical instrument. Like my fingers just became spaghetti. And like, I sort of had a bit of an out of body experience and it was so awkward because effectively it just kind of ground to a halt and I walked off and the people were like, what is this really (laughs) avant-garde? Yeah. So I guess, I mean, that would be my frame of reference, but I suppose, I mean, in sense of um, performance nerves yeah. or fear before going on stage or during. Yeah. So definitely I, beforehand, I'm not, I'm not in a meditative state or try to be, but I, <laughs> but I definitely like have some sort of, yeah, some sort of fear, but I think that that is important like I think actually I was like very young I was like probably in high school or something going to do you know like a choir performance and we're talking Mm. about being nervous and my friend I mean like what a wise sage at the age of like 15 (laughs) but he was like if you were just completely chill you probably don't care like you're not Mm. yeah so I always think like if I feel a bit nervous beforehand I'm like okay I care and like Mm. you need the adrenaline to have that kind of change between what happens in rehearsal and what happens in front of an audience Mm. um and then I think what you said about the only time I felt closer to like stage fright is when I've been underprepared and yeah you sort of have that moment of thinking like oh my god why have I done this to myself like no one made me come here (laughs) like it's my own it's what I wanted apparently um yeah so if if I've ever been underprepared then that is the closest I would get to stage fright. So I guess the mm. the thing is to not be underprepared. Yeah, yeah. It sort of surprises me in a way um, because the thing that I found so incredible about when we did the Fruglang show mm-hmm. together. So Kelly very kindly agreed to come and do this mad thing at my gig of an audience-directed avant-garde experimental show as a pole dancing alien with Armenian-Iranian folk music. It was boss. But... Like the ability to improvise was so incredible. Did that not phase you? The fact there was going to be no script, no plan, like no structure? Not really because I'd done like impro and stuff before as an actor. It was definitely the first time I'd really done it in performance as a pole dancer. Um, Mm. But actually something that I, so I, most of my, classes well depending which sort of class most classes I'll like end it with freestyle Mm. and I remember like the when I when I was like a student baby student and they would make us freestyle I'd be like oh what like I I would like I would want to leave the room at that point I'm like I hate this it's Mm. so hard la 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 and so like what I try to say to people now is like you might hate this but it's gonna get you much better at just linking things letting things flow actually realizing what's in your repertoire um and yeah because I'm quite comfortable with that now I think for that particular gig I was all right (laughs) you were great (laughs) (laughs) your point about freestyling leads me nicely onto the next question of as a teacher how do you help students get out of their comfort zone and try something that scares them um so not to give away too many secrets of why I'm amazing (laughs) um but I think just being supportive and just making it a little bit like just sometimes like people do something a bit wrong and they're like oh sorry 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 and I'm like dude you don't need to be sorry here like it's just pole dance like (laughs) who cares um so try and make it like chill Uh, make people feel okay to work things out I also sort of say like you're here to learn it so don't think that 
the first time you do it, it has to be perfect. And like a lot of, some people do have that personality, which is great. Like it's good to be disciplined and want to do things well, but people feel like this pressure to do it immediately correctly. Um, so I sort of say like, do it slowly. You're learning out, you're working out where things go and then it'll start to flow better. Um, and also just get them to use their breath as well. Like <laughs> it's like kind of a magic trick. Like sometimes you'll see people trying to do like a spin for the first time and they're really struggling. You're really struggling. They'll be like, okay, you're going to take three steps. You're going to breathe in and then you're going to breathe out and you're going to do the trick. And they literally like 90% of the time just do it. So, yeah. That's so, so cool. As soon as you can get someone to just kind of, whew, me as well. Like if I'm learning a new trick, most often I'll, I'll like do it and then come down and like, oh, oh my God, I have my breath the whole time. But like, as soon as you hold your breath, like, your heart rate goes up things hurt more you you sweat more there's like no oxygen to your body so you're really not helping yourself and it's like a natural it's a natural response to hold your breath but Mm. um a more helpful natural response is to breathe out (laughs) and then Mm. they will breathe in because else they'll die (laughs) (laughs) again I don't want to like pry too much into the like the mechanical behind the scenes but is part of that to do with obviously bringing in the oxygen that yeah. people need to continue to exist as like a, an organism. But um, is it a distraction technique as well? I think a little bit like maybe not a distraction, but just try. sometimes people get like so focused in on something and then they say they've done a trick and they've not successfully done it like five times in a row. They kind of get a bit stuck in that pattern and almost like psychologically they stop themselves just before they need to actually do it so if you can make them like breathe out at the moment they need to do it because they're thinking about that then hopefully the body's like thought about it enough physically that then maybe they'll do the trick the process of learning pole can bleed out in positive ways like does it help students and dancers in other parts of their lives I think like a hundred percent like you I think a really nice thing about pole is quite a lot of the people that come to learn it are people that haven't necessarily like exercised before they've maybe like not found something that they like Mm. um or they like don't come from a background where they've been brought up doing that um and they're perhaps like a little bit more introverted which seems crazy since they're about to like get up and (laughs) show up um (laughs) and they like quite often like people have come from like some sort of like trauma or they've got something going on and then they come to pole and you like quite often just literally see like a difference in like how people are from week one to week six, like how they hold themselves, how they walk, like all this stuff, Um, which is like, I think part of like psychologically showing yourself you can do something that's quite hard. Um, Mm. Also like doing something that's like a little bit taboo. It's like Mm. feels kind of cool. And then just like physically, like also because um, still, I I feel like it's, it's changing more and more and more, but still most of the people I teach would be like cis women. And to like get physically strong is like so freaking cool and still quite new for women. Mm. So um, 
yeah, to see people be like, yeah, I can like lift myself up. I can do this. Like I can do a pull up. Like, yeah, yeah, really cool. And if you have that confidence, then of course you're going to like, if you can lift yourself upside down, then probably just like talking to someone at work is not going to be quite so yeah. scary. <laughs> yeah, it really like astonishes me how many people who go on to be like, instructors or performers mm. in the whole come with no previous not even dance experience yeah who are like I, I can't even run 5k I'm not like a I'm not a sports person yeah. you mentioned the kind of slightly still taboo controversial mm. element do you think there's a fear of being judged for being a pole dancer I think there shouldn't be but even I still have like it's in, it's insane even to me but like sometimes I'll go to like get a massage and they'll say like oh like lots of muscles like you must train a lot and I'll be like um oh yeah like I'm a I'm a personal trainer which like is true but for some reason mm. I like oh I'll say like oh I do circus training but like I don't say I do pole which is so stupid because this person is literally like working on my body so it'd be very <laughs> helpful if they knew like what I was doing with it mm. um but yeah something I think it's definitely changing like I also, I work at a ballet school and I used to like, people would say like, oh, what do you do? And I would kind of say like, oh, like I teach dance. And I like, <laughs> wouldn't really like elaborate or I'd say I teach fitness. And then just like recently I was like, oh, I'll just say what I do. And I said, oh, like I'm a pole dancer. And I think literally four people from that workplace have now come and tried pole since I told them. <laughs> so wow. I, like, I really don't know why I was so worried. <laughs> But it's so interesting. And again, you know, that won't necessarily have come from you. That comes from the culture. Yeah, that's still yeah. a little bit skeptical. I mean, I remember like, so I was working in my day job in like a PR office. And as soon as I brought up Paul and kind of suggested like, hey, do you want to come to a class? The reaction from not in a negative way, yeah. but the woman across my desk was to like seize up and be like, yeah, oh. yeah. I remember um, when we were doing these chats before the um, Stand Up for Sex Workers show, you mentioned that over the last, uh, I can't remember how many years, but there's been a shift in people's reactions when they hear someone's a pole dancer to, from from like, oh, you must be really slutty to, oh, you must be really strong. That that yeah. perception has shifted. Yeah, and I sort of, I think, like, I feel a bit conflicted about it because it is, it's good that people acknowledge it's like a hard art form and that, yeah, you're strong, but it's almost like they're kind of, I feel like when you get that response from someone, the subtext is them being like, oh, I understand that you're not a stripper and I'm blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, and it's kind of like, <laughs> you don't know that. Like, who? And like, if I am, you're kind of being really rude. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I feel it's, it's kind of bounced from one end of the spectrum to the other. And then maybe we can get it. <laughs> back to the middle yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's so endearing when people are trying to give the right reaction as well because gen generally it comes from a place of them wanting to them wanting to be cool with it so if yeah, they're like oh a strength I admire the strength yeah. of this it's them like not wanting to objectify someone or kind of come to conclusions it's yeah. not from a horophobia thing it's a yeah. kind of like I'm panicking because yeah it's exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> apart from the physicality and like oh I'm not strong I don't have the core etc mm -hmm. etc et some students who'd come to a pole class might be nervous about the sexy side yeah. of pole do you think that's ever an obstacle to people taking a class I'm sure people do yeah they have that fear but I think also something that does bring people even if they're 
afraid of it. It's like mm. they do want to kind of access that side of themselves. Um, and I think so like last night I was teaching like more of like a, a, a sexy move. <laughs> also, I think you can tell already by how I say it, like how my approach <laughs> sexiness is. But like, so it's just like wait, wavy legs, which I know you love mm. a little bit of, ox, of octopus action. Um, oh, yeah. And so like I was teaching it and I taught it like, you know, talking about the physicality of it and what goes where and anatomically and stuff. And then I kind of like looked around the room and everyone like looked amazing and like it's so cool to have like eight people in a room all doing the same thing yeah. but then I was like looking at their faces and they were a little bit like I can see people sort of like glancing side to side and like a hundred percent I think everyone thinks oh someone's going to be looking at me thinking I look silly whereas actually everyone else is just like worried about themselves yeah. so I was like okay guys cool 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 like it looks amazing la 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 we're gonna do it one more time and the only rule is I want your faces to show like I am fucking sick and I look awesome and like I do not care and like the difference between before it looks beautiful but then you just like you feel the energy change in the room people are bringing like their own I think sometimes people think that like to be sexy is to have this like very serious face and like move like in a specific way and like maybe that is how it is for you but also it doesn't have to be so as mm. soon as you like say to people like chill out and show how amazing you are like you know quite often if I'm doing like a sexy move I'll pull like a really stupid face <laughs> and like to me I like it like so uh yeah so I think just yeah keeping teaching people that yeah you don't have to come in and suddenly like have this one way of being and it's like a cliche mm. but if you're confident it's going to be sexy like so <laughs> just trying yeah. to bring that to people I mean it would be so sad if what people didn't think was sexy is people having fun and yes, like yes, in exactly the- <laughs> also like in the movie you're describing the octopus legs thing I mean yeah. you've literally got your legs open and you're cropped uh-huh. out if uh-huh. you can't laugh at yourself in that position yeah, it's exactly. gonna be a tough time yeah <laughs> So it's a little bit the reverse of the previous question. If you are a stripper or a sex worker who's maybe been using pole for work, um, you might be a little bit intimidated by then arriving in a more pole fitness branded studio, even if it's got a lot of stuff available. Yeah. Do you think that's something people should be nervous or worried about? I don't think they... I would like to hope that someone... So I've had quite a few people come who when I, I got, like the first time I meet them, I'll say like, have you done pole, la la la. And I've had a few people that have said like, oh yeah, I work in the club and I want to like kind of actually have a better understanding of how to use the pole. And I think mm. hopefully to them, like I, like I'll be like, yeah, bring your heels next week. We're going to like make sure that that's a focus of what you're working on. Um, and I think that, yeah, like it's sort of, also, I'm sure I'm sure you're interviewing people that are a lot more qualified to speak about this, but it's sort of changed. Like I think the the tradition of how pole came into the studio was strippers teaching people, and then that evolved, and some people mm. still do teach. But um, now that it's become sort of more popular and more mainstream, then you have, as you say, the other way people coming in from the club who perhaps don't have as much knowledge of how to dance on the pole. Um, but definitely what they can bring is that that there's a difference between someone that's used to being in front of people and getting them to look at them than someone that knows how to do a trick on the pole. So mm. I think, yeah, you can kind of hopefully 
get those people to know that they've got something to share as well. Um, I mean, I asked that question selfishly because it was my experience of it took me ages to work up the confidence to come to a pole class Mm. partly I guess because I just have you know a lot of like internalized whorephobia I guess and just like weird shame things about having learned this from strip clubs but also just a jealousy thing that um I was really envious of I guess people who'd had a more like structured route Mm. into pole and who'd have the yeah who'd have like the language for oh this is your whatever spin or whatever yeah 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 it was definitely an ego thing of like oh but I kind of do this for work but all these people are going to be better than me I just don't know yeah I think I sort of had the opposite like um I have the grand the grand experience of one night of stripping (laughs) because I was like not into the guy that ran the club and stuff but Mm. I remember like I was going to like audition and I was like cool Mm. so I've got my pole routine I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do a jade I'm gonna do this and then like I get there and they're like okay just take your kid off and I was like yeah (laughs) I didn't know what this was gonna be like I I completely I was like because I'm a pole dancer I can be a stripper uh and then I was like actually there's a whole lot of shit that you don't know about that you like also I rocked up like just wearing like like I had like laundry and like a tracksuit on and he was like you know you need like a dress and I was like what I mean, I would love to have worked with you in a strip club because your stage shows would be incredible. Like, yeah, especially right. somewhere like there's a club called Metropolis in Bethnal Green, which is yeah. my first club, where it's got these 10 foot poles and like the girls who could actually do pole yeah. on that. Um, it made me very bad at my job because I was just like, no, I'm not. Doing- yeah. Everyone needs to sit down and appreciate art. Come on. Yeah. The guys are like, I don't want to see you climb. Like- <laughs> I know. It's wasted seems like there's a lot of pressure on instructors to constantly be like producing content and be active on social media and to be like on the hustle creating new classes workshops blah 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 how do you stay sane in all of that and like avoid compare and despair stuff avoid digital overwhelm like how do you find the pace that works for you so yeah we definitely say I don't think I have found the, the <laughs> pace but um like a big part of my job is being online so I'd say that I don't know the percentage but close to half of it is thinking about what I'm promoting what I'm showing la 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 um and that is definitely like a big change I've seen since I started so I actually googled before talking to you because I was like when did Instagram start and I'm pretty sure it was (laughs) I looked and it was like October 2010 and I started pole dancing in 2009 and I think I started circus the year before that so I think we had we did have iPhones but it was like you couldn't film much you didn't like have much data or I'm not data Mm. like space um so like when I first learned like circus tricks I remember like I still and like I still get people to do this I had like a notebook And I would like draw a stick figure of the trick and I would like write down the description of it so that I could like remember the trick. Um, And I just think that that is like such a helpful way of learning and remembering stuff. Like quite often, like now I say to people, I'm like, guys, when I first learned to pole dance, we like couldn't film a routine. We had to just like remember the routine. (laughs) And so like, it's a really good tool to have for sure. You can just chuck the camera on. Also you can like, if I'm doing a 
routine like a performance I can like critique myself afterwards so that's really helpful but sometimes I feel that like I've filmed something I've like filmed my friend or an instructor to in theory remember it but then it just like gets lost in the void of my phone um yeah so like still like some of my best students are the ones that like after class write down what they've done and like a description that makes sense to them and you're kind of like mentally relearning it um so then taking it to like the gram I think or like whatever socials you're using Mm. I'm too old for Snapchat but you know (laughs) um so maybe I'm gonna have to read I'm also too old for TikTok but depending how long it keeps going I might have to change (laughs) like a lot of people are coming to class just to get a video for the gram and uh, like sometimes I am too to be honest like mm-hmm. um like you can always see my first video is me with my hair up and then I'm like oh no I have to get it out I have to look great for them <laughs> yeah. um which I think in some ways it's good like I know if I'm thinking okay I'm going to film something to post later I'm going to be strict with myself I'm going to make sure it's really neat and I've got kind of like an end goal um but then it also like I I do know sometimes I'm like oh I really should have trained that trick this week but because it's not quite ready to post I might have like neglected it. Uh, so I'm trying to personally with my own training find a bit more of a balance. Um, I think I'm like reasonably lucky. I don't really compare myself too much to other people. I know I already bitched earlier about someone saying they'd only done four years of poll and they're <laughs> looking amazing. But I think like I was looking at my insights the other day and I think like 14% of my followers are male and the rest are like just women being like fire emoji like yes and so like I think for me it's still like a good supportive environment and like as soon as there's someone that if they're giving me a bit of a bad juju what they thought what they're posting is not making me feel good like I get Mm. rid of them off my feed um so I think I'm quite good at staying on top of feeling good about myself and like acknowledging that there's people that do things differently to me and I don't like feel bad about that I try and either just be in awe or mm. take it on myself and then there's people that do similar stuff to me and I'm what's that like I think it's like like train until your idols become your peers or whatever so people like Adam Lynn and like Miss Philly in Australia who I'm like they're just amazing I'm like cool I'm gonna train until I'm as good as them like <laughs> Oh my God, this has been so much fun and I could ask you like 500 more questions, but um, let's wrap with some quick fire ones. Favorite pole trick? Uh, I think a, a shoulder mount bang with a heel flack. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. These are like classic Kelly signature yeah. moves. I, if, if ever in doubt, if you ever see that in my video, that's where I've been like, what now? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of like, a way I think about pole dancers is the way a dancer moves is kind of like their handwriting. So like... Arlene Caffrey, for example, it's like all joined up writing and it's uh-huh. all really flowy and stuff. Whereas Kitty Valore is sort of like lots of exclamation points and stuff. And I was yeah. like, what about Kelly? I was like, Kelly dances in caps lock. Like this is sort <laughs> of like so much is like, woo. And um, I love I like those. That. <laughs> it's, it's so fun. I love those bangs. That's one of the motivational things behind like awesome. trying not to just sadly slip down the pole in my shoulder mount. I did do um, one that was a bit too dramatic once. I was too sweaty and I was at the top of the pole and I did it and then I was so sweaty I dropped really low. I mean it looked sick. <laughs> not what I was like performing and it was not what I meant to do. So then I got around I remember I kind of just like rolled onto the ground. I was like I am just going to wave my legs for a little bit of breathe. <laughs> 
apart from all the wonderful events that we've done together that you've very kindly agreed to be part of, um, what's the favorite event you've been part of as a pole dancer? So I guess you've robbed me if I was going to suck up and say that that free flying oh, one, but we've already talked stuff. about it worked amazing and yeah. stuff. Um, I guess actually probably I like I've been away from Australia for oh my god I don't want to think but like six years now um so I'm sure things are a bit different but I actually loved competing in Australia like I think that there's like a really strong discipline there um everyone's I mean not to be a cliche but everyone's like very supportive of each other I have like Mm. so many happy memories of like being backstage with like people who are like my competitors but they're my friends yeah uh, even like my nemesis who always used to come first when I came second like I love her <laughs> <laughs> like, so uh yeah compared to I think that was what I like and once again I don't want to badmouth England and hopefully it's going to keep changing but when I comp- started competing here it was a lot more it was like barefoot maybe and also maybe it was the competitions I was doing um but yeah like it wasn't quite, and it was like in a bright auditorium <laughs> compared to like comps in Australia were like quite often in um like nightclubs and stuff so competition world is absolute unknown territory yeah. for me but a brightly lit auditorium for pole stuff sounds awkward yeah yeah <laughs> Kelly, this is my totally unsubtle way of hyping up things that I'm excited about. I mean, you're my number one hype gal, so I really appreciate it. Um, I'm genuinely really pumped. Kelly, what are you currently developing that you are excited about, either in poll or in performance generally? Um, So in poll, I'm kind of always just have like acts in the back of my head that are kind of ruminating. I try and have things ready for when the call comes, but then usually there's a small scramble at the end. Uh, So if anyone is back in the world and would like like a, a kooky girl that makes weird faces while she does her tricks and has some sort of... Character story going yes. on. Give me a call. Um, and then performance-wise, I'm really excited. I've been working on something since, I mean, before we knew what Corona was, um, <laughs> which is with someone actually who I went to drama school with who's also like a movement practitioner. She went to the scary one in France. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> so we're doing like a burlesque act that kind of is just everything we want to do. Um, so it's like comedy. It's got some budo. Uh, it's got glitter. Uh, oh. It's got rock music. It's got French avant-garde. Like I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm dead already. I'm dead. Oh my God. This is so exciting. Okay, cool. Well, so people can find this whenever it explodes into reality yay where is the best place that people can find you online so I think it's Instagram at the moment and my handle's kelly k-e-l-l-y underscore v and v has four e's because too many other (laughs) bitches took the (laughs) other ones that I wanted you heard follow kelly come to a class yeah oh yeah come do thank you you've you've actually literally been my hype person come and do your class with me at pole people um yeah yeah (laughs) and if you go to a show there will be a very enthusiastic woman with monochrome hair there with you so (laughs) come and keep me company yay kelly thank you so much a pleasure Paul The Other One was produced and hosted by me, Shandoxy, with original music by Amelia Baylor. 
If you enjoyed this and would like to help me keep making them, you can become a Patreon supporter on patreon.com slash shandoxy, or you can throw a cheeky one-off tip into my virtual tip jar. We would love you to give us a shout out on social media. And if any of these conversations inspire you to take a poll class or get on stage, please tag us using the handle at pollTheOtherOne and any of the guests that you've heard. That would make our lives. Have fun on all your sexy stick adventures and see you later. Pull